has a man open. Touchdown, Justin Blackman. edition of Locked on Pokes. I'm your host Colby Powell with you as always. Hit me up on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes and find and follow our partners Boone Pickens State. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram search Boone Pickens State for all of the best Oklahoma State news and notes. It was phenomenal Monday again uh, whenever Eddie was airing. It'll be great tonight for finding big country. Joining me as he does every single Wednesday is Dion. Imade, Dion, what's going on? A little, little holiday week? You getting off work a little early this weekend? Yeah, man, getting off work early. Uh, I want to say tomorrow, no work Friday. So everybody's trying to take full advantage of this holiday weekend, and uh, I'm doing just the same. Yeah, absolutely. What are you doing this weekend? What are your plans? Uh, uh, I have a wedding to go to. Oh. So, yeah. Someone's... So I got to make that dang- dangerous trip back to Dallas, Texas. So someone you know is getting married on July 4th. Not July fourth, July fifth. <laughs> July fifth. Okay, they're getting married outside. That's better, I guess. I uh, I had Bro, some friends it's, get married. It's, actually, it's a smart. Go ahead, it's a go smart ahead. plan, though, right? It's a, it's a smart plan, though, right? Because you can never ever, as a dude, forget your wedding anniversary because it's like, all right, fourth of July, let's do something big, and then July fifth, oh, wedding anniversary. Boom. That is a yes. That's a good point. Here's my thought. So holiday yeah. weddings. Holiday weddings are tough for me because, like, it's a holiday weekend, so people are off work. People have the ability to come to your wedding. But also, like, you're disrupting somebody's holiday weekend with your wedding. So I had some friends probably three, four years ago, maybe, probably four years ago, um, got married the Saturday of Labor Day weekend. Do you know what happens the Saturday of Labor Day weekend, Dion? What? College football kicks off. Oh, yeah. It's the opening day of the college football season. And these were close friends of mine um, from high school. And they actually, it, this might have been 2015, 2014. I can't even remember. But anyway, I ended up having to leave the Oklahoma State game at like halftime to get back to Chickasha in time for this wedding. And when I asked them, I'm like, so the Saturday of, of Labor Day weekend, how did y'all choose this date? This is what they told me. I, I swear this is what they told me. They said, well, it was a holiday weekend, so we figured it'd be good for everybody because we didn't know there was football. When I tell you I couldn't hide the look on my face, the look on my face, it was probably a little bit insulting to them, and I was trying not to be. I was trying to be so nice and so understanding about them having their wedding on the opening day of college football season, but when they said that they figured it'd be the perfect day because they didn't think anybody would have any uh, football going on on a holiday weekend. I'm sure the look let, on my face me, was priceless. All right, so since we're, we're getting into this, let's, I have a friend, and I'm not going to say any name, but I have a friend that told his sibling, this is the only days not to plan your wedding. Please don't plan it at this time. I will not be able to come. They plan their wedding smack dab in the middle of football season. He looks at his sibling and says, I'm not coming to your wedding. And I don't even know if I'm going to get you a gift for the fact that I said, these are the days I can't do it. And you planned on one of these days anyways. So I'm not coming. And you might not be getting a gift. So not going to say anybody's name, (laughs) but that happened. Have they since made up? Are they on good terms? (laughs) 
I have no idea. <laughs> that is, uh, yeah, that's rough. My sister and her <laughs> husband got married in the middle of October. They got married on October 16th of 2016 or 2017. It was a few years ago. Um, and they were between the 15th and the 16th, but the 15th was a Saturday. And Oklahoma State and OU had games that day. Uh, I think Oklahoma Shoes was on the road. I think OU's was a home game. And my sister asked me, hey, if I have my wedding on this Saturday, do you think people will come? And I told her, I said, I said, some people will, and a lot of people won't because that's how dedicated people are to their college football in this state. And she did not want to have to make people decide between OU and OSU football and her wedding. So she had it the next day on that Sunday and everybody was there and it was a great event. It was happy. It was good stuff. Although... See, that's a smart girl right there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was, it was brilliant. I will say they got married on October 16th. And I'm not joking whenever I say they got married outside because, you know, it's October 16th. It'll be nice. The high that day was like right. 96 degrees on October 16th. That's so unfortunate. Yeah, it was That's so unfortunate. It was horribly, horribly hot. Uh, also horribly, horribly hot was that Eddie Sutton documentary the other night. Uh, and since we BSed about weddings for five minutes, we're going to take a short break. That way we can come back and we can uh, do a long segment without breaking up as much of the Eddie stuff. So Deanna Mate is with me. We're talking about the Eddie doc, all of his thoughts, uh, everything. Sean's honesty, Rex Chapman's honesty, the, the life and career of Eddie Sutton. We talk more about that coming up next on Locked on Pokes. Welcome back. This is Locked on Pokes. Dion Amade with me as he is every single Wednesday here on Locked on Pokes. And Dion, the big story this week is Eddie. Man, that documentary on Monday night. I don't know about you. It got me in the feels a couple times when Sean was talking about uh, the, the hurtful words that Eddie said. Certainly, certainly the plane crash. I, I can never get through any plane crash footage, the memorial footage, the uh, highlights of the the ensuing game against Missouri the very next game after the plane crash. Uh, I, I can't get through any of that stuff without shedding tears. And But, but I want to go back to the beginning because I didn't know a ton about the early life and early coaching career of Eddie Sutton. So this man coaches high school basketball at Tulsa Central for seven years, and then he goes out to Idaho, and Dion, they don't have a gym he leaves Tulsa, a good high school coaching gig, to go out to Idaho, and they don't even have a gym. I cannot imagine anything happening like that post about 1965. Man, I like, first of all, the fact that it's the ability to not know that, like, you literally, he accepted the job, went out there, and was like, where's the campus? Where's the gym? Oh, don't worry. We're building it. Like, yeah, what? it's coming. It's coming. Don't worry. We'll get you some hopes. <laughs> what? But like, it, it, it's weird though, because in that early part of it, when he said that he coached at a uh, East Central for seven years, and I thought to myself, I was like, goodness gracious, seven years sounds like a long time. And then they go out through the span of his lifetime, and it was just like a small, short period of his life. And I'm thinking, like, I've only been out of school now and in the workforce for five years now. Yeah, I didn't even like, think about it like that. That's like, me too. You know, you know, it's like such a sh- this is such a short period in your life when you think of the big picture, the big span of things. And it makes you like it encourages you as a young man to think there's so much more life that you have to live. I mean, God willing, 
and you have so much more to accomplish. And this is just a short period in your life. We, I mean, we, we got, we got things to do, Kobe. Yeah, I, uh, that's a really good point that I hadn't thought about. I think it, oftentimes in our society, especially the social media society that we live in, it's commonplace to um, judge people as successes or failures by the time they're 30. And Eddie Sutton said he got that job yeah. when he was 23 and spent seven seasons there. So Eddie Sutton was about 30 whenever he headed out to Idaho. And, and look what he accomplished moving forward from there in his life. So you're certainly not a success or a failure at age 30. And yeah, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about it like that. So then he goes to Creighton and then he goes to Arkansas and Dion, have you seen a more cool coach? And, and I, I just mean like this dude is cool than Eddie Sutton in 1983 sitting in the hot tub doing the Eddie Sutton show. <laughs> is that not one of the most iconic pictures you've ever seen? Man, there's, I'm telling you, man, the people that have success in this lifetime are innovators and they do things that, the, the rest of the people won't do and they they think outside the box I mean for the for him to like like at the first school he was the one that was hiring the prep band to come to the games and then he was doing all this innovative stuff and then having a show and then just sitting in the hot tub cool as can be with a perm and just rocking the shade and and having a just a good old time and I mean that stuff is infectious man you can understand why he would have success or have people want to be around him because if you're having a good time, people want to have a good time, and that energy is just drawn to you, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it, it's really crazy because, you know, I remember Eddie Sutton as the old uh, scowl-faced kind of curmudgeon. I was yeah. born in 1992, so uh, I know you're you're probably just a year or two older than I am. And the uh, the scowl, right? I mean, that's what we knew Eddie Sutton for was the scowl on his face. Um, that wasn't Eddie in the 80s, man. Eddie was smiling. He was having fun. He was, like you said, getting the pep band fired up, getting everybody fired up. Then it comes to an end at Arkansas, and I thought one thing that was really telling, um, and, and I think this is just telling about how miserable he became at Kentucky, is whenever he said in his final interview before he lost the ability to speak that leaving Arkansas was the worst mistake he ever made. I, I think that, you know, obviously it led to, it was one piece of the puzzle in leading to him getting back to Stillwater, but it also led more directly to him going to Kentucky, obviously leaving Arkansas for Kentucky. And I, I really think that he just hated his time at Kentucky uh, and what that NCAA investigation did to his legacy. So I thought it was really telling for him to say that leaving Arkansas was the worst mistake he ever made. And, and it was crazy too because when he left, I, what was the school? I think it was Creighton, and he had yeah. the opportunity. Did you see the three schools yes, that he had Duke. to choose from? It, Duke, bro. He chose Arkansas over Duke. Okay, let me ask you I this: like, Do you Whoa. know? Do you know what year Coach K started at Duke? I have no clue. I believe that it was nineteen eighty. Let me let me go in real quick. I'm going to his. Uh, to his Wikipedia page real quick. So he was at Indiana and Army. Uh, yeah, on March 18th, 1980, he was uh, named the head coach at Duke University. So leaving Creighton in 1974, Eddie could have gone to Duke. That's only six years before Coach K took over. Coach K, still the head coach at Duke. Now, obviously, Eddie Sutton, a little bit older than Coach K, but can you imagine if he'd taken that job at Duke just six years before Coach K was supposed to get it? We'd... You talk about the butterfly effect in college ball, college basketball. That's the definition of the butterfly effect. 
isn't that crazy? Like, we could have never known about Coach K if Eddie Sutton goes to Duke is, is a success like he was in Arkansas. Yeah, because I, mean, I, Eddie I was don't a success think everywhere. I, he, was, he was unbelievable. And I think the thing that kind of got to Eddie at uh, Kentucky was the fact that what basketball was at Kentucky and how people felt – you know, a part of it as much as they did. They felt entitled to it. Like entitled the is the word. Kind of, is, is, that kind of ruined the situation there. And I don't think you find that at Duke like you find it at Kentucky. I see. I definitely think Duke is still a powerhouse basketball program, one of the best in the country. Uh, they expect to win there. But I don't think people get involved in the recruiting or involved in the program like they do at Kentucky because they have other stuff to do there. So I think like if Eddie Sutton goes there, he has success like he does everywhere else. And I think he stays a little bit longer at Duke than he does at Kentucky. And because of that, uh, Coach K might not be the Coach K that we know of him today. Yeah, I uh, I, I think Kentucky, you know, nobody fan-wise, administration-wise, whatever, I, I don't think anybody in collegiate athletics does college basketball quite the way that Kentucky does, going all the way back to the Adolph Rupp days, and then now we're, we're at Coach uh, Cal and everything in between for Kentucky. But, um, yeah, Eddie Sutton, I, I think, really hated his time there. It's been proven time and time again that he had nothing to do with the uh, NCAA violation. Of course, the Hall of Fame still had that, held that and many other things against him. I want to take a break, come back on the other side. I want to get your thoughts on uh, Sean Sutton's honesty throughout the film because I thought that that really kind of made the documentary, in my opinion, was how open Sean Sutton was willing to be uh, about his dad and about his relationship with his dad. I want to get your thoughts on that, the plane crash, the Final Fours, everything at Oklahoma State. Dion stays with me. We wrap things up next right here on Locked on Popes. Back here wrapping things up on Locked on Pokes. Dion Amade is with me. And we're talking to Eddie Sutton, the Eddie Doc on Monday night. Of course, uh, Big Country will be on tonight, 6 o'clock. Finding Big Country, where a Vancouver Grizzlies fan uh, tries to track down whatever happened to Big Country. It's it's weird, Dion. Let's see. It was not uh, it was not last summer. It was summer of 18. My wife and I were up in Vancouver, Canada. And um, we, we got to talking to one of the, the locals there who's born and raised in Vancouver, and I had on a, a an Oklahoma State shirt that day. We'd gone hiking or something, and we run into this other couple, and, and they see my Oklahoma State shirt, and they strike up a conversation. They're like, hey, Oklahoma State, that's uh, that's big country, right? And and I'm thinking to myself, yes, it is. And, and it clicked at that moment. Oh, yeah, he was he was a Vancouver guy. So these people have been in Vancouver forever, and they're like, they're asking me, they're like, what happened to big country? Do you know what, what, what's going on with big country? We love big country. And then he was just gone. He disappeared. And uh, I was like, man, I, I think he's back in Gans. I think he's out on the farm. I, I don't really know, but ended up striking up like this 20-minute long conversation uh, with some people in Vancouver about big country because they love this guy. So uh, that'll be cool to watch tonight at 6 o'clock on ESPN. But uh, I wanted to get your, your thoughts, Dion. I, I thought really the, the best part of the documentary, the Eddie Doc, and, and what really made it was Sean Sutton's willingness to be open, to be honest, to be vulnerable, um, to cry, to talk about all the good and the bad uh, with his dad and his relationship with his dad. So what do you think uh, about Sean Sutton and everything uh, that he gave to this documentary? 
Man, it, it was important. It was the, it was probably the most important thing about the documentary, this the vulnerability of the son to express uh, his quarrels with his father and how it affected him. And not only, because you never want to trash somebody that you looked up to, you know, legacy, especially in the public eye. And there could be a situation where, you know, somebody listens and watches this and takes it the wrong way. And, uh, you know, Sean definitely doesn't want to do be the reason for that. But it, he felt like in the situation that he was in, he owed it to not only his father, but himself and the rest of the world to share that and express that. So other people that are going through those same things can understand where it comes from and how you're not alone and we understand what you have to deal with. I mean, Sean knows from firsthand experience. I mean, he, he, they, they stated it. They, they talked about it. He had some trouble as well, like his father did in a different realm, but a different, you know, a, a different vice, but still the same thing. So you understand the pressure that individuals, individuals get into and how they, you know, try to deal and self-medicate the the, pro- the problem and how it's important to talk about this stuff because when you unburden yourself and you, and you speak about it and you let people know that you have, you know, help to get through it. Because everybody, that's the thing about, you know, Eddie Sutton and back in his day, you know, man was a man. You don't need no help. You don't ask for help. You just deal with stuff and you keep it pushing. And, and that's the way, unfortunately, because of that's the way he was raised and that's how, how he was taught. That's the way they try to teach the next generation. And that's what Sean is what's dealing with. But now he's in this situation where I don't have to go through this alone. People are advocating for this type of stuff and saying, hey, if you have a problem, speak out loud. And everybody will try to get a community around you to help you through those problems. Well, him... Help, continuing to help that and, and, and help that community and other people that are going through those same things was very important. And also tells you, you know, gives a backstory about Eddie Sutton and, and how a difficult situation for him, like, cause not everybody deals with pressure and, and the limelight the same way. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta understand people to really know them. Yeah. I, uh, I think it was really important for them to, to make, Eddie's alcoholism a big focus of the show because that's a, a real life real world problem that a lot of people deal with and I think it was important for people to see yeah. look e- even these people in the public eye they're not always perfect and Eddie Sutton wasn't perfect he was a, a man who came along with flaws a man who was who was great and many people idolize and love and, and for great reason but he was also a man who struggled with alcoholism and I think hearing Sean especially hearing Sean open up uh, about some of the hurtful things that Eddie Sutton said whenever he was at Kentucky uh, it was probably Rex Chapman's freshman year like he talked about whenever Eddie's drinking got pretty bad uh and then he said those hurtful things to sean and whenever they got to that part of the documentary that that really shook me to hear sean talk about some of the hurtful things that eddie said to him uh whenever he was in high school and looking to to go on and play college basketball somewhere and some of the stuff rex chapman said but I, i thought it was really important at the end too that rex chapman said you know as a freshman in college whenever eddie was going through that i didn't understand addiction like i do now and then come to find out at the end of the documentary rex chapman says you know i'm a couple years out of the nba and I find myself in rehab for for Oxy 
And he's like, yeah. you know, that was a hard way to learn a lesson that the battle that my coach was fighting whenever I was 19 that I didn't fully understand, that's now a battle that I'm fighting as an adult. Uh, and, and it's something that a lot of people go through. So I thought it was really important for them to touch on the uh, the subject of addiction throughout the documentary. And, uh, you know, moving forward to, to 2001 and the plane crash, that, that for me is the most emotional footage go, going through all of that. Um, I, I definitely shed a few tears on Monday night whenever they got to the plane crash. And the way that Eddie Sutton handled that situation, calling every single uh, member of the families uh, of the, the Cowboys who were lost on that day, the speech at the memorial service, and then coming out and coaching that game against Missouri. And somehow he was able to coach that game. Somehow the players were able to play that game. I can't even imagine uh, what it was like having to go through that. And, um, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy watching back all of the plane crash coverage. It's, it's stuff that I've seen before, but every time I see it, it just it hits me hard. Yeah, man, that was that was a rough time, and that was, to be able to dive into that, and and for them to show how it truly affected Eddie. I mean, they he got to that final four in two thousand three, two thousand four season with Lucas and all of them, and it kind of seemed like he really didn't get a chance to enjoy it because they stated, I mean, he was still he didn't get a real chance to grieve. Yeah, that's what Sean said. Sean said that he never he never was able to grieve properly because he was too busy making sure everyone else was okay. Yeah, and that's unfortunate, man, because, you know, those seasons, as you can see through this documentary, they're they're once in a generation. I mean, it's not every day that you get a chance to go to the Final Four. It's not every season that you get a chance to go – you know, with a winning with a winning team that can possibly win it all, and so for him to to, to not even be able to enjoy that in the in the real you know sense of the word, uh, that's unfortunate. And, and and hopefully, I mean, he he was at peace when the time came for him to come home. Yeah, I uh, it, it was tough to see that, and then you know the alcoholism uh, again gets him in 2006. He has the car accident, and then ends up resigning before he goes out to San Francisco to get his 800th win. And you, you know, I, I also thought that it was really important that Sean talked about um, you know sitting down face to face with his dad and uh, going over all the things that he had said that that had hurt him, the tears on both sides that flowed. Because, again, those are real-life conversations uh, that people everywhere every day have um, trying to get their lives back on track. And it seemed like they were able to make amends and, and to kind of right the ship with their family. You saw the videos from the 2011 family vacation, the family together for uh, – for the Hall of Fame announcement in 2019 and then again in 2020. And one thing that I thought was really interesting, I saw this this morning. This was from Robert Evans, who was an assistant coach for Eddie Sutton from 1990 to 1992. And um, just these Eddie stories. So he tweeted out this, this morning, or maybe it was yesterday morning, and said, just finished watching Eddie. I love that guy. Not many like him. Real human being that cared more about uh, other people than himself. And this is what he said that really struck me. He said, I was his assistant from 1990 to 1992. He called me every week for 17 years until he lost his voice. Then his son, Steven, called me so I could talk to him. RIP, coach. That's just, that's who Eddie Sutton was. And, uh, you know, you hear Desmond Mason, Brendan Manzer, Victor Williams, those guys talk about it. Daryl Walker from his Arkansas days, Rex Chapman and those guys at Kentucky talk about it. 
you knew if you were one of Eddie Sutton's guys that he loved you. And, and I think that that's, you know, obviously you played uh, football at a high level. That's the most important thing between a coach and his players is knowing that your coach loves you and has your back, and that's a guy you're willing to play hard for. And it, it seems like uh, everything we know about Eddie Sutton, Eddie Sutton was that guy. Yeah, because the thing is, you know you're not stupid. You know that these coaches are profiting from you and your hard work, like, you know, profiting, you know, greatly. So – you play for an individual harder when you know how much he truly cares about you. Like if the money wasn't involved, he would care about you as a person. And, you know, I never got to meet Eddie Sutton. I only seen him on TV and, and, and stuff, but I have met his son, Steve Sutton. He, Steve works here in Tulsa. Uh, I, when, I, when I was doing radio for iHeart, we were in the same building. He worked for he worked for a bank down here in Tulsa, and I would see him in the elevator, and I didn't know who he was until one day he said, "Yeah, my name." And he introduced himself. He just said Steve, and then he goes, and then I interested, and then I ran into him one more time again in the elevator, and he goes, "Yeah, Steve Sutton." And I go, "Wait, Sutton? Like, like well, that's that's pretty funny that your last name Sutton here in Oklahoma, uh, Eddie Sutton." He goes, "Yeah, that's my dad." I go, what? <laughs> goes, yeah, and he's Sutton, that's my dad. And I'm thinking, I know about, you know, Sutton and his sons being coaches, but I didn't know that his oldest son was, you know, just, uh, you know, a financial guy like my well, Was not involved and in the so game of every, basketball, yeah. Not, not at all involved in the game of basketball. And so every time I would, it would, after that moment, I would see him in the elevator all the time. And he would like genuinely talk to me and genuinely ask how I'm doing. And you can, you can tell as a person when you can see somebody and they truly care. I mean, it wasn't just those awkward elevator rides. It was like me and him had were something mutual. We, we would talk and we would talk about OSU and different stuff. And I would tell him going up to the radio, hey, man, do a good job, do a good luck. And I would, and I could, just because of the way he interacted with me, I could tell how people felt about Eddie Sutton because he raised his sons to be the same way. And I could see Eddie through him. And I was like, man, Eddie Sutton must have been a really dope dude, man. Yeah. He must have been a really cool coach. Yeah, it's been really cool hearing all the uh, the old Eddie stories this week, and the documentary was phenomenal. They, they could not have possibly done a better job. Finding Big Country tonight, 6 o'clock. You fired up? Oh, man. I, I see, see, that's the thing that I think they left out. I, I think they cut that part out. I think the they had to for time. You saw that. Yeah, I think, but I, I don't think they had to for time. I think it was strategic because they knew that this finding the country was going to come next. So I think they strategically cut that and edited that part out. So she, whoever does the documentary, could give the full you know, look at big country and we didn't get a, too much of a glimpse of it in the Eddie Sutton documentary. Yeah, that's true. They, they barely touched on big country. They spent maybe 60 seconds on yeah. big country and going out to Gans, having to find a, a different way to recruit so that you can beat the big boys. So yeah, I'm looking forward to tonight, uh, seeing big country, the Vancouver Grizzlies, all that good stuff. So, uh, Dion, you're the man, have a good fourth, have a good, uh, long weekend and we'll catch up next week.
Yeah, Cubby, I'll check out. Hopefully we survive the weekend, man. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's Dion Amade joining me here every week on Locked On Pokes. Hit me up on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked On Pokes. You can find Dion at Dion Amade underscore 28. That is all for this week. I'm out tomorrow on Friday. I'll be out of town. I believe I'm out of town next Monday as well. So I'll be back uh, next Tuesday to break down everything happening in the world of Oklahoma State. Have a great fourth. Uh, be safe. Don't drink and drive. Be careful with your fire. Fireworks. Everybody have a uh, fun, safe weekend, and we'll get back together next week. Thanks for listening to Locked on Pope.